reflecting on the psychological phenomenon of having an inner monologue. When you guys read, do you like have a narrator in your head that reads the words? Yes, I don't. But surely not all the time, right? Like if you're reading Twitch chat and you read yes, you don't like hear in your head, yes. It's my voice. I don't have any of that. I saw something, like, it was on TikTok, so it's probably bullshit or whatever, but it's just the idea of an inner narrator. I don't think I have that. I can do it, as in, like I can think, Matthew thinks of a bike, and then I can play it, say that in my head. But like, I have to, like, actually think and put effort into doing that. When I read normally, I am somewhat confused as to how I'm taking in the words. Because it's not like I'm saying them in my head. It's not like I'm thinking what those words mean. It's just somehow, by looking at the words, I understand the meaning. Do I have an inner monologue? No. Unless I intentionally do it. I can think a conversation with myself. According to this TikTok, uh, like, uh, a, a narrator or whatever, only 40% of people have it or something. But I mean, I, I, might, I might look into this later. Did any of this affect you with school education? No, th this, this seems a like, I have no idea how you people do that. It seems such an inefficient way to get information. Because wouldn't it be slower? Because when I when I try to make a narrator for what I'm reading, it is so much slower than just looking at the words and knowing the meaning. When I think about this now, like, maybe that's why I liked books so much. And I could read them so quickly. It's not so No, but, but I can read faster than I can think of words. I can read much faster than I can say words as well. Narrator voice is fast? Huh. There are techniques specifically aimed at getting rid of narrator to increase reading speed? Oh. Well, if such a thing is true, then, then maybe what I suspect is correct. I, I gotta look into this more. Someone, someone after stream, we look into inner narrator and differences and stuff. I'm curious. Study found that 26% of college students study have some sort of uh, internal narrator. Only 26%? It looks like there are a lot more. Collector, I'm not in the minority here. An inner narrator, I'm pretty sure, is the minority. Like, you can do it intentionally, but I don't think it's normal, you know? Do I read loud? No. Like, like when I look and read the word contacts there on my phone, I don't think the word contacts. I don't hear the word contacts in my head. It's just I... I look at it and I just have the meaning. I hope, I want to see if there's a book out there that ex just ha lists all these differences between people's minds. I think it's very fascinating. Psychology major showing none of this that I can recall was covered in psychology. My, my psych studies. I would say if I see someone in chat that I know as a person, I read their messages in their voice, but I normally read text and just process it. Oh, true. Like when I, when I see good news, everyone, I, I, I read that in um, the guy from Futurama's voice. But, you, but I usually have to, like, if I see his face and then I see the words, then I have an, an uh, internally I hear his voice saying the words. Your Farnsworth, that's it. But that's weird thinking that, because, like, when I try to think of other people's voices, then I can kind of do it. And then I've heard them a lot. Yeah. Like Morgan Freeman, for example. Yeah. But then I don't know if that's a, a narrator, really. I'm just remembering him saying it. Like, I don't know if I could... Think of Professor Farnsworth saying things that I haven't heard him say before. No, I can. I can. Good news, everyone. I just ate a cat. And I can hear that in my head in his voice. Does the world and humanity fascinate me? 
Yeah, to a degree. I've, I've always been interested in people, like the lived experience of people, I suppose. And how people differ in their behavior and motivations and beliefs and whatnot, and how these things come about. Like, there's always this assumption that, that, that everyone has, that um, people are in general like yourself. Like, if you, and let's prove it otherwise, you assume people are like yourself. Um, and you are the standard by which you, you judge others. So when you hear about uh, something that you take for granted, that's uh, about how you function, that other people don't have this, um, or, or, you know, the opposite being that other people have something that you don't, you're like, really? What? You know? So recently, chat, I've been looking at this stuff about inner, inner monologues, right? So an inner monologue is like a voice inside your head, right? And it's something that the overwhelming vast majority of people do, but that they take no real notice of and hasn't really been studied all that much. So differences in it aren't super known, right? And it's a hard thing to study. A lot of stuff in psychology is um, when it's uh, about uh, self-perception in terms of, you, you know, your, your inner experiences, because you can't really measure that. You can only get it self-reported and people's ability to report what's going on inside their heads is uh, not always very good. And certainly when you ask people to focus on what's going on inside their head, it can change what they're actually doing, right? So it's, it's, so it's you, you can't just, you know, um, in the wild, catch some strangers and then record what's going inside their heads to know what, you know, you know, what they do in um, everyday situations. And so a lot of the time I'm trying to think, do I have an inner monologue right now? Am I talking to myself? And it, it made me realize I talk to myself all the time. Like, I tell myself vibrant stories. Like, I walk around my house, and if I'm not listening to an audiobook or something, I am telling myself a story. It, it's stupid, but I heard that there is inside the earth this uh, stuff that people don't know exactly what it is. And it's like, it's not like just a perfect circle or something, but it's like a, you know, like, like as you might imagine it, a natural formation to be. I'm um, like way, way, way below the earth. And I just have this story where it's actually like miniature robots or something that can build anything out of themselves, kind of like in Stargate or whatever. And I've got that, I, I, I just run through that story sometimes. It's a, it's a great story. I, like I can speak inside my head in different voices. I can, I can imagine characters speaking new words with their voices. Like, I can, I can imagine Hades, like, I don't know, hitting Master Chief in the face and saying, suck a bitch or something, you know? I, like, there's ain't good examples, but... And I've just, I've just been doing this my entire life and never really taken notice of it. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is remarkable or something. But then I, I try to think of times when I don't have an inner monologue, and sometimes I don't. Like, right now I don't. When I'm focused on stuff, I don't. When I'm reading, I don't. I used to, when I was a kid, like listen to, to metal, the he heavy metal music while reading books. So certainly I couldn't be able to, I, I couldn't do that if, if I, was, I had an inner monologue, I imagine. But the funny thing is about trying to see if you have an inner monologue is you start having one because you're trying to, trying to think if you have one or not. It's only when my f attention is focused elsewhere that I don't seem to have it. When I, when I stop in between words, I'm not like speaking inside my head like, oh, this is what you should say next. It's just, it's just a pause and then I start speaking. It's just, a, it's just a weird thing to have spent your whole life doing and never really reflected on before. But apparently people differ in, 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 in this regard in the same way that we talk about um, aphantasia sometimes and your mind's eye and whatnot. Hmm. It's just interesting.
I mean, you talk to us all the time, basically talking to yourself. I mean, it's, it's, it's different, but I mean, I guess kind of the same in, in, a, in a weird way. What would life be like not having arguments with yourself or running through arguments about different topics? Like, if you saw me in day-to-day -day life, you'd think I would be fucking crazy. Oh, arguments with myself. Yeah, so uh, I will sometimes just be walking around my house doing stuff, but at the same time going about an argument or a, a fake conversation in my head. And I will make hand movements similar to how I sometimes make hand movements when I'm speaking on stream. My face will show expressions of varying levels of, uh, of what emotions are going on inside my head. I will, I will occasionally find, like if I'm really involved in an argument, I will end up somehow just in the bathroom looking at myself in the mirror. Not very common, mind you, but I've, 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 thinking about it now, I've done this multiple times. I never thought anything of it. I wonder if the reason why I so much like to have, like, um, uh, media going, like I'm always listening to an audio book or a TV show or, or movie or whatever, it's because I, because it stops me having it in a monologue. And maybe that's why I like really focusing on tasks, because again, monologue just disappears and I just, I'm, I'm just in like a zone of doing work. At least I think I am, because again, it's, it's hard to reflect on when I have a monologue or not, because the, the second I try to, you know, assess my thoughts, I begin having one. It's just, a, it's just a weird thing to suddenly, at the age of 30, just to begin reflecting on, you know? Twitch removed a lot of follow bots recently. For those unaware, Twitch removed a bunch of bots recently. This is, um, Soda Poppin, very old content creator. He currently has 3.4 million followers, but I guess he had a lot more than that. I guess he must have looked like he had 5 million or something. It's weird, because if you look at me, I lost basically none. Ain't that weird. Huh, let me look at the top list here. Uh, top 100. Um, let's check out Ninja. Did he lose a bunch? Yeah, but he didn't lose that many. I wonder why Soda Poppin lost millions. Weird. A shroud. He didn't lose a million. That's still a lot, but... So, you need 1.8 to be in the top 100 for most followed. I'm at like 600, I think. I wonder if I've gone up any ranks. I'm 652nd in terms of followers. But <laughs> look at my follower gain rank just... Tanks. <laughs> oh, they did it again! They removed followers again! Stop it! No! <laughs> Those bots were my friends! Scam sponsor emails. Check for malware targeting streamers. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. There's so many emails these days targeting streamers. Fortunately, I don't respond to any sponsor emails. I've got manager people to do that for me now. They can get the viruses. <laughs> Nah, because as we've talked about before, it's fairly obvious um, which ones are scams. I'm sure there's some fringe ones where they're not actually scams and it's not obvious, but in general, as I've said before, I think the scammers want to be at least somewhat detectable to weed out people who won't fall for the scam once they contact, get contacted, you know? As in they don't want to waste their time on people who aren't dumb. Who, once they're asked for Kmart gift cards, will be like, wait a second, this is a fucking scam. They want people dumb enough to fall for an obvious scam email. So they have a higher rate of people who call who actually fall for the scam. At least this is what I've heard from places. Maybe yeah, I heard that from Kit Burger, I don't know. You know how it is, you pick up this information from places, and it seems to make sense, and you can, you can kind of argue for why it's true, and so you just repeat it until shown otherwise. 
the, the your PC can it's just it's just you know every year or so it's just good to wipe your PC if you you can. It's hard for me because I have so much going on with my work and stuff. Does having kids make people happier? I saw something recently where they have surveyed. Uh, this is off kind of off topic. It's just, you remind me of it. Uh, they surveyed people in different countries to find out in on average in what country. Does having a kid make you more happy? I think there was like 25 countries on the list. And so like 12 countries having a kid on average made you happier. And this is self-reporting, of course. And the other 12, um, it made you less happy. And at the very bottom, I think was Australia, where you were like 8% less happy or something. And the United States was last as 12% um, less happy. Because like, I mean, obviously there's, uh, you can't simplify it to that degree. Like it, it likely depends on like how much money you have, how secure you are in your circumstances, whether the child was planned or not. Like it's not as simple as you have a kid and you're 10% less happy or whatever. But it was just interesting having it quantified like that at all and thinking, yeah, I, I wonder what variables go into uh, whether you're actually happy having kids or not. And what is the likelihood of that happening? Michael is a very selfish character. What is in Michael's file that would make the Jewel Store heist obvious? If it's the movie quote, only Trevor should know about it, right? Michael did heists and shit for like 20 years. There was clearly an MO, like uh, how he would operate, what kind of things he would target. And Lester as well. I'm sure they had a profile of, um, even though they didn't have Michael's name before North Yankton, I'm sure they would have a profile of what likely stuff he does, you know? I, I can't tell you exactly what was in the file, but, you know, you have something that works, and so you keep doing it, you know? Like when Michael was trying to get back into the game, the first thing he decided, decided to do was reach out to his old crew, who, of course, are no longer in the game. Michael is a person set in his ways. Uh, a guy who likes the past, likes the old. You can see with, the, like, the movies he likes and stuff, and he still uses old movie quotes and stuff. He's not a man who likes change. And so he would likely do the same kind of high setup every time. Do you think Michael regrets having a family? Like, while he comes to terms with his kids, and he likely li does like love them on some level or whatever, especially towards the end where he makes up with his family and stuff, I'm sure there are definitely times where he's like, man, I wish I didn't have kids. Or maybe I, didn't, I wish I didn't get married at all, you know? Especially when he was in his uh, darker moments there, where he's not satisfied with life, you know? Michael just is not presented in this game as like a family man kind of thing. Although like he does, of course, abandon his old life um, ostensibly for his family's benefit, but and, and his own, of course, but you know. The thing that stands out to me most about Michael and his relationship with his family is that he didn't consult Amanda before he made the deal with Dave. I mean, given that he lies to her and, you know, he tells her he's actually in witness protection or whatever, like with an actual deal with the FIB. So like he does keep her from the actual details of the involvement. And so maybe uh, had he informed her or whatever, she would have been more involved and she, uh, maybe she wouldn't have gone along with it had she not known that it, had she known it was, you know, not an official thing. Like, you can see why maybe he would have kept the specifics to the deal, but then he didn't consult her at all. Didn't tell her, like, hey, yo, I'm going to be making this deal. He's just like, hey, so I've made this deal to, like, with the FIB, so we have to all move. Now. It's, it's, <laughs> we learned this in Bray the Hatcher. 
Maybe Trevor was right about Michael all along because he's a bit selfish, making these decisions without asking his family in these dark moments. But See, the thing is, this wasn't a dark moment. He was happy at this point with his family, and he still was just selfish. Like, like Trevor is not a selfish character, I don't think. He's, like, he's just impulsive. Michael is a selfish character. Is Franklin selfish? He's very self-driven, Franklin. He wants to get ahead. I don't, know, I don't I've never thought of Franklin as selfish though. How is Michael selfish? Right right now, while we're driving here, he's literally complaining that he's paying other people in the highest so much money. I mean, he cheated on his wife with a stripper. He's just a selfish dude. And again, this was before a man that cheated on him, according to the law. He uprooted his family, and I'm arguing that's mainly for selfish reasons, because he wanted to get out. He was willing to kill Trevor, to protect himself. He's willing to put Brad in jail to protect himself. He cheated on his wife uh, with a stripper. Um, it, it just goes on on. Michael is a very selfish character. I think he matures more as the thing goes on, but in the beginning, certainly very selfish. Doesn't Trevor say to Michael when they're both having to stay at Michael's place because of Martin, he doesn't he say, that is so fucking typical of you, so typical. You don't ask about the problem, you instantly care about yourself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then Michael actually has that moment of reflection. He's like, you know what? You're right, I'm sorry. You know? The comment the person made before there, Michael clearly has character growth. It's one of the reasons why he's my favorite character of the three over the course of the game. Does Trevor? I mean, Trevor has his journey in terms of forgiving Michael, but Trevor is basically the same character from the beginning to the end. All that changes is his relationships. And Franklin is basically the same character. Um, except that he moves up and achieves what he wanted to achieve in terms of um, becoming a big shot, you know, making the money. I don't really think Franklin changes that much. Michael has the most story missions because, I mean, the game revolves around Michael. Michael is the true main character of this game. He is the one who meets Franklin and brings Franklin in. He has a connection to Franklin's stuff and he's the one who brings Trevor in, you know? The other characters are main characters, but Franklin, so that Michael is the true main character. Nothing happens in this game without Michael. It's only referenced like once in passing, but Michael loses a lot of money to day trading. It's why when people say, oh, if it wasn't, you know, for Amanda fucking that guy, none of this would ever happen. But Michael was always going to end up, end up back in the game because he has no money. He's the only way he knows how to make money. He's in debt, you know? See, like, these are the kind of videos I would like to make. Just simple videos. Why is Michael so broke? I can answer that, you know? But to do all that, I have to finish this fucking series. I'm curious, guys. Do you understand why Trevor realizes in Bury the Hatchet that Michael betrayed him? I don't think many people realize that Trevor... Because I didn't mention it in the video and I feel bad not doing it. So, Trevor was under the impression that Michael ratted on Brad and that's why Brad was in jail. It's why... Trevor mentions in surveying the score that Michael owes Brad because Trevor believes that Michael effectively bought his freedom by ratting on Brad and so when Trevor's like wait then who was in the coffin and he realizes that you know why haven't we gotten Brad why hasn't Brad been released or whatever it must be Brad and so he runs off and when he confirms it he realizes that there's there's no one that Michael could have given up so he must have betrayed him. Because obviously, hypothetically, prior to the... If, if he made the deal prior to the heist, then he could have given up Trevor and Brad for some kind of a deal. But if the deal had come after the heist, 
when everything went down, obviously the FIB isn't going to give him a deal that includes Brad, because, you know, Brad's dead. And Michael couldn't give up Trevor, because um, Trevor hadn't been called or whatever. I guess Trevor's assumption was, you know, they were both in an interrogation room and Michael ratted on Brad. And uh, Tre Trevor, he, he, obviously he liked Michael far more than Brad. Like in a hangout, he's like, Brad was a bit of a dick. And so I guess in his mind, you just accept that, like, you know, um, he, he took the best deal given the circumstances, you know? That doesn't make a heap of sense, though, in that obviously Brad wouldn't be worth the same amount as Michael. And the FIB would much rather put Michael behind bars than Brad, but, you know. Yeah, Michael did intend to have Trevor shot. What does that have to do anything? Remember that Michael's deal wasn't with the FIB, actually. It was with Dave and... Whether his firm existed within the FIB at that point, it, it's unimportant. But I really need to make that fucking video. Doing Chaos Mod in other games. Now, I could never do Chaos in Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, I think doing Chaos is far more entertaining when you know the game inside and out. You know, you know all the tools that you can possibly use to uh, get from A to B and to circumvent the damage of Chaos and whatever. Like, if you've only played the game once and Chaos teleports you somewhere you've never been, you can be stuck there for, like, the next four hours because you just don't know what to do. Someone told me that uh, there's now, like, a Skyrim Chaos and stuff. I wonder how much... Because obviously, like, randomizer mods existed prior to GTA V. I wonder, like, what was the progenitor? What was the, uh, what was, what was the first Twitch interactive randomizer mod kind of thing? Of course I've heard of Doug Doug. You reckon Doug Doug was the one who... Because, I mean, he does a lot of stuff like that. I'm sure, like, there was just some ancient thing. Or, like, because, remember we talked about before how, like, games came along that had Twitch interaction. And so they probably came along first, and then, you know, then that was combined with the randomizer mods. Idiot claims you need to kill 726 people to beat GTA 5. Someone sent me this article where they're like, you'll still have to kill 726 people if you try your best not to murder anyone in GTA 5. It's a post on- it's from a post on Reddit that only got 75 upvotes, but someone still made an article about it. Like, the methodology is just terrible. For a start, like, the- the way they break down the kills, they ignore that you can use different characters. So you can move around the kill count. Endless different enemies here are avoidable entirely, but they count anyway. They even- there's even a comment that mentions me and it's massively downvoted. He hasn't even completed his pacifist run yet, despite starting two years ago. I, I have finished it. I just haven't released the footage. And even then, like, he kills people that you can just simply avoid. For example, the people in, uh, in the two cars in Prologue that you can just run by. That don't run by in every single, um, speedrun attempt. He claims that my methodology is not reproducible because it involves RNG. Uh, that's clearly not true. In that, uh, doing the maximum possible avoidance, yeah requires a bit of RNG, but certainly there are endless people included in their total that you can just avoid and probably will avoid in casual gameplay. It's like that they intentionally killed every single obstacle and then <laughs> wrote, oh, this is who we have to kill to finish the to finish the game. Inspires me to really want to finish that series. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.